Okay, brothers and sisters in faith, uh, praises be to our loving Abba for again gathering each and every one of us to study his words and his commands. The topic of our study today is the kingdom of Allahim. Now, there are many misunderstandings about the kingdom of Allahim that we will uncover and that we will uh, show to each and every one of you uh, tonight. However, the main topic of our discussion today that leads to the kingdom of Allahim is the misunderstanding and misconception that many Christians or so-called followers of Yahusha claim, that is, because many Christians believe that the law of Moses in the Old Testament no longer applied during the Christian era, there are those who make the claim that the law of Yahuwah Abba, including the Ten Commandments, is already void. This is why there are some religious organizations who do not believe in the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba, and there are even some who replace the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah God. However, this is based upon a misunderstanding of Scripture. So what do they use as basis, which allows them to say that the law is already void? Let's read here the book of Luke 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached. And everyone forces his way into it. And so this is the passage used by many to conclude that the law of God, right? The laws given by Yahuwah Abba to Moses no longer apply during the Christian era. In Luke 16, verse 16, it says the law and the prophets, basically the Old Testament, were until who? John. Who is the John referred to there? Not Apostle John, but who? John the Baptist. And so what is their conclusion? They say that the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, is voided after John the Baptist began to preach. And so this is their conclusion. However, if we are to say that the law and the prophets ceased or stopped when John the Baptist began to preach, then it would mean many of the prophecies in the Old Testament, which have not yet been fulfilled, no longer applies to each and every one of us. Can that be valid? Probably not. Because when you look at what it says here, the law and the prophets were until John. If we are to say that the law should no longer be basis for our obedience, if the law, including the Ten Commandments, is already void because of what it says here, then we have to also accept that the prophets are also void. Can we accept that, brothers and sisters? Do the prophets still apply after John the Baptist? Absolutely. What's the proof in the book of Acts 3, 19, 21? Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Yahushua. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Do the prophets still apply even after the preaching of John the Baptist? What is your answer? Yes, because the Bible tells us that Yahuwah Abba Elohim, will restore all things. And when he restores all things, it will be according 
to how he has revealed it to the holy prophets. And so because all things have yet to be restored, the Bible says Yahusha remains where? In heaven. But he will descend from heaven when everything will be restored according to the holy prophets. And so the prophets still apply. What we read in Acts 3, 19, 21 took place after, not before, but after John the Baptist. And it pertains to a latter time when the end is near, when the restoration of all things is at hand. So the prophets still apply. The Old Testament still applies. What is a specific example of prophecies that unfolded way after John the Baptist? Acts 15 13 to 17, take note, but we're going to read is after John the Baptist, okay? When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things. What we read to you was the outcome of the Jerusalem council. If you still remember, the Jerusalem council was about what to do with the Gentiles who are becoming followers of our king, Yahushua. Do they still need to be circumcised? And so this caused a, a big controversy and the apostles, together with the assembly, they met together for a conference, a council. And they, after deliberation, they came up with the conclusion that they no longer need to enforce circumcision to the Gentiles. What was the basis of their conclusion and decision? It was a prophecy that James, right here, cited. What was that prophecy in Amos 9, 11 to 12? In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent. This was the prophecy that was referenced by James in the Jerusalem council, which made them decide the Gentiles don't need to be circumcised anymore to receive salvation. And so we can see prophecy was still in effect. It was still applied. It was not void even after John the Baptist. Not only that, in Daniel 9.27, we talked about this before. If the prophecies of the Old Testament no longer apply to us, then Daniel 9.27 has no bearing whatsoever when it comes to our preparation for the great day of our king's return. But we know chapter 9 and verse 27 of Daniel is still in effect, right? It still has to be fulfilled. Not only that, what else? Zephaniah 1, 14 and 15. The great day of Yahuwah is near, near and coming quickly. Listen, the cry on the day of Yahuwah will be bitter, the shouting of the warrior there. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of Yahuwah's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole world will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live in the earth. Has this prophecy already been fulfilled? I don't think so, right? 
is this prophecy no longer applicable? Is it void? I don't think so. And this is why when in Luke 16, 16, it says the laws and the prophets were until John, it doesn't mean it's no longer relevant or applicable during our time. What else is a prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled? Isaiah 65, 17 to 20, I will create new heavens and a new earth. This is the millennial kingdom in Jerusalem. This has yet to be fulfilled. The truth is so many prophecies in Isaiah all the way to Malachi have yet to be fulfilled. They await fulfillment. This is why the prophecies mentioned by the prophets, they are still guiding us even to this present day because it still points to what will happen in the future so that we can be prepared for the great day of our king. So to answer the question, do the prophets still apply? After John the Baptist, what is your answer, brothers and sisters? Yes, of course it still does. And so if the prophets still apply, then it goes without saying the law also still applies. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. And so the law and the prophets still apply after John the Baptist. What further proves that the law, including the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah God, that was given to Moses still apply to us followers of Yahusha? We read 16. We need to read verse 17. Those who use Luke 16, 16, they do not, they do not want to read verse 17. Because verse 17 reveals it. What does it say? Let's read verse 17. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And so the Bible says in verse 17 that the law cannot be voided. Those who say the law is void, they go directly against verse 17. They go directly against our king. Yahusha. The Bible says it is easier for a heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. This is why when it says the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist, it doesn't mean that after John the Baptist preached, the law no longer applies to us. It still applies. Then why does the Bible say the law and the prophets were until John, because when John began to preach, it ushered in the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God is the fulfillment, first and foremost, through John the Baptist preaching the way, who is our king, Yahusha. We'll talk more about that. So the law and the prophets were until John, because when John came, the laws and the prophecies about the coming kingdom, because according to the law, there is going to be a kingdom of God that was prophesied by the prophets. And this prophecy about the kingdom of God was first fulfilled in John the Baptist. This is why it says, when John came, the kingdom of God is preached. Does it mean when the kingdom of God is preached, the law and the prophets are no longer being preached? No. Because the kingdom of God is based upon the law and the prophets. As a matter of fact, do you know where the idea of a kingdom of God came from? It's from the law. 
It's from the Torah. And it was also prophesied by the prophets. For example, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 35 to 10. By the way, who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? Moses, right? And so here in the Torah, in the book of the laws, what is declared prophetically? 35 to 10, he will bring you to the, to the land that belonged to your fathers, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. Yahuwah, your God, will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all of your heart and with all your soul and live. Yahuwah, your God, will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. You will again obey Yahuwah and follow all his commands I am giving you today. Then Yahuwah, your God, will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. Yahuwah will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your fathers. If you obey Yahuwah, your God, and keep his commands and decrees that are written in the book of the law and turn to Yahuwah, your God, with all your heart and with all your so what we read to you, has this been fulfilled already? Not yet. It will be fulfilled when the kingdom of God will be installed upon the earth. Where is the headquarters going to be? In Jerusalem. Has this been fulfilled already? Not yet. God's kingdom at this time is yet future. It will be fulfilled in the future. Has it been fulfilled already today? Not completely because when this will be completely fulfilled what will happen to the people of Yahuwah Abba the Bible says they will prosper right and they, their hearts will be circumcised and they will obey all the decrees of Yahuwah God written in the book of the law this is why the kingdom of heaven that is to be preached it is it doesn't mean the laws of God will no longer be preached. No, to preach the kingdom of God is to preach that through Yahushua, who is the king for the kingdom of God, to preach the kingdom of God is to preach that Yahushua, who is the king, is the one we need to follow so that we can obey the laws of God. This is why preaching the kingdom of God does not mean abolishing the law and the prophets now. It means fulfilling the law and the prophets. This is why when we go back to Luke 16 to 17, when it says the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached. So the laws, the law and the prophets, when they prophesied, what they're saying here is, what the Bible is saying here is, that when John the Baptist came, the prophecies about the coming kingdom of God has already arrived. What further proves this? What does it mean that the law and the prophets were until John? Let's go to a parallel verse in Matthew 11, 12 down to 13. Since the time John the Baptist came until now, the kingdom of heaven has been going forward in strength. And people have been trying to take it by force. All the prophets and the law of Moses told about what would happen until the time John came. And so in this prophecy, in this statement, 
about John the Baptist, it mentions to us when he came, right? When he emerged into the scene, there was a big breakthrough. What was that breakthrough? The kingdom of heaven has come. In other words, the prophecies that were mentioned in the Old Testament about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it has already come through the preaching of John the, Pap the Baptist, and people are taking it by force. And what else does the Bible reveal to us? All the prophets and the law of Moses told about what would happen until the time John came. And so according to scriptures, this coming of the kingdom of God will be, will be preceded by John the Baptist. Why does it say that? In Mark 1, 1 to 3, the beginning of the gospel of Yahushua, Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of Yahuwah, make his paths straight. And so according to what we read in the book of Mark, uh, there's going to be a preparation for the kingdom of God. What is that? A prophecy will be fulfilled. What does this prophecy say? The Bible says, I will send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. When this prophecy was cited, who was being cited? Which prophet was the one who mentioned this prophecy about a messenger who will come? And when he comes, the prophecy about the kingdom will have been fulfilled. In Isaiah 40 verse 3, a voice of one calling in the desert prepared the way for Yahuwah. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. This was a prophecy in Isaiah. And this prophecy of Isaiah, who became the fulfillment of this prophecy about a messenger who will fulfill this voice of one calling. In John 1, 22, 23, finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way up, the, the way for the Lord. And so who became the fulfillment of that messenger who's going to come? And after he comes, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God will be at hand because the prophecy would be fulfilled. John the Baptist said, in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. So John the Baptist became the fulfillment of Isaiah 40 and the verse is three. Therefore, John the Baptist was not only the fulfillment of a prophecy, he preached the fulfillments of the Old Testament prophecies. And this is key when it comes to understanding Luke 16, and Matthew 11. When we go back to Matthew 11, since the time John the Baptist came until now, the heavens, the kingdom of heaven has been going forward in strength, and people have been trying to take it by force. All the prophets and the law of Moses told about what would happen until the time John came. So all the prophets 
when they wrote their prophecies, what did they say? They are all prophesying about a future event, right? And this will take place until the time John came. So all the prophets, they all told about what would happen. But John the Baptist, he's not going to say what would happen. He's going to say it has already happened. Do you see that? This is why it says the prophets and the law of Moses were until John the Baptist. Because the prophets and the law of Moses told about what would happen. But John the Baptist came here to say it has already happened. Do you see the difference? That's why it says until the time John came. Well, is it true that when John the Baptist began to preach that he claimed that the, the, the prophecies about the kingdom has already been fulfilled? Matthew 3, 1 to 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of Yahuwah, make his paths straight. And so when John the Baptist began to preach, what did he preach? He preached that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God are synonymous. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is already at hand. This is why when John the Baptist came into the scene, began to preach, it says the, the, uh, the law and the prophets were until John. Because when John came, the prophecy about the kingdom was initially being fulfilled, but it would not be completely fulfilled. It's already at hand. What does that mean? It's starting to be completely fulfilled. You see the difference? It's not yet completely fulfilled. It's at hand. Why is it at hand? Because the king, who will be the king of the kingdom, is already who? Is already here. Who is that? Our king, Yahushua. You see, the kingdom of God that the Bible is speaking about, the kingdom of heaven, where Yahuwah's authority will be completely exercised or implemented here on earth, would be during the kingship of our king, Yahusha. And so the king is already here, right? This is why the kingdom of God is already at hand, but it's not yet complete. But however, when John the Baptist preached, he said this was already fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is already at hand. Does that mean we stop preaching the law of Moses? No. It means we preach the kingdom of God. What does that mean to preach the kingdom of God? It means to follow the king who is who? Yahusha and the king Yahusha will teach us to follow what the commandments of Yahuwah our God. Do you see how it all works? It doesn't mean you void the, 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 the laws of Yahuwah. Rather, we restore the laws of Yahuwah God. And that's exactly what our King Yahusha did, didn't he? When he put into when he uh, reformed the teaching concerning the Sabbath. When people say he broke the Sabbath, no, he restored the Sabbath. This is why when it says they preach the kingdom, it means you follow Yahushua who reformed the understanding of the people concerning the law of Yahuwah, our God. Now, of course, John the Baptist, what did they do to John the Baptist when he began to preach? Well, they put him to jail, eventually killed him, right? 
who also said that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Yahushua came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so when uh, John the Baptist began to preach, Yahusha also made the testimony, the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of heaven, is already at hand. And so why uh, was the kingdom of God already at hand? Why does it say that? At the first coming of Yahusha. Because Yahusha is the one who's going to be the king of the kingdom of God, right? This is why he's already at hand. But the work, of course, is still ongoing. It started already at the preaching of John the Baptist. And this work is ongoing. This is why we need to understand the difference between the kingdom of God, right? And the prior kingdoms of the people of Israel. What's the difference between the two? Well, let's read the book of 1 Samuel 8, 6 to 9. But the, thing displeased, uh, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to Yahuwah, and Yahuwah said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt. Even to this day, which they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they, were, they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. You know, what we read there is about the desire of the people of Israel to have a king, right? A human king who was supposed to be their king. It was supposed to be Yahuwah. This is why when they were demanding for a human king, when they were demanding to have a king just like the other nations that surrounds them, who was displeased about that? Samuel. And so because he was displeased, Yahuwah talks to him and says to him, you know, don't, feel, don't be displeased. Don't, don't, don't feel rejected. Right? It's not you that they're rejecting. What did Yahuwah God say? They have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. In other words, they rejected Yahuwah as their king. And so instead of a kingdom of God, what would they want? A kingdom that they demanded from God. There's a big difference, right? Because Yahuwah says they, they rejected me as king. And so they want their own king. And so Yahuwah says, okay, let them have what they want, but give them a warning. Show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. And so that's what Samuel did. Samuel warned them about what's going to happen if you're going to have a, a human physical king. And despite the warning, despite the prophecy, what did the people say? In 19 to 22, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, 
and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of Yahuwah. So Yahuwah said to Samuel, heed their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. And so despite the warning that Yahuwah God told Samuel to tell the people of Israel about what's going to happen to them if they will install a king who is a human king, they still said, no, we still want a king. We want a king that we can talk to. We want a king that we can see. We want to be just like the other nations. Yahuwah God says, okay, have it your way. And so what happened? You had the kingdom, the first king. Who was that? Saul, followed by David, followed by Solomon. They each ruled for 40 years. The kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Israel belonged to God, but it was not the kingdom of God. You see, do you see the difference? Because what they wanted in Saul, David, and Solomon, when they said they wanted Saul, David, and Solomon at the same time, they were rejecting God to be their king. And so by doing so, they rejected the kingdom of who? Kingdom of God. Instead, they wanted a kingdom that they demanded from God. And so Israel is a kingdom demanded from God. It's not the quote-unquote kingdom of God that the prophets prophesied in the Holy Scripture. So we know what happened to Saul, David, Solomon, right? Solomon, because of his idolatry, the people of Israel split into two kingdoms, Judah and Israel. Rehoboam being the first king of Judah, Jeroboam the, the first king of Israel. And so the, the date when Israel passed from a united to a divided monarchy was 931 B.C. And so you have the kingdom of Israel with all of their kings, and the prophets who guided them, but despite the guidance from the prophets, they still, most of them, remain disobedient to the will of Abba. The kingdom of Judah were the same way. They were mostly evil in the sight of Yahuwah Abba. And so Yahuwah God would send prophets, but they ignored and put to death the prophets. And so eventually Israel became captives to Assyria. 722 BC, Judah became captive of Babylon around 586 BC. And so the kingdom stood for 120 years. It was divided. The divided kingdom stood for 345 years. Take note, this is a kingdom that was demanded from God. It was not the kingdom of God. However, there is a kingdom of God that the prophets were prophesying about. One of the prophets was Daniel. This is what he said about that kingdom. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Was that Israel? Was that Judah in time past? No, it's still going to be fulfilled. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break, it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms because there were other powerful kingdoms that will exist like Rome, Greece, uh, Persia, Babylon, right? But this kingdom is different. It will break them into pieces and it shall stand for how long? forever and so there's an everlasting kingdom yahuwah's kingdom god's kingdom is being prophesied here by daniel chapter 2 verse 44 and who will be the one who will be yahuwah will select to rule in that kingdom daniel 7 13 and 14 i was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him then to him was given dominion 
and glory and the kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. So that's the prophecy about the kingdom of God. Isaiah prophesied about it. Jeremiah prophesied about it. Ezekiel, Daniel, Zephaniah, Haggai, Malachi. In fact, the last prophet in the Old Testament was who? Who was the last prophet to speak? The last book of the Old Testament. What is that? Malachi, right? All of them, they prophesied about the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom demanded from God, okay? But the kingdom of God, the one where Yahuwah God will rule. It'll be a theocracy. And the one who will be sitting on the throne will be his son, the son of God. Who is that? Our king, Yahusha. There's a prophecy about the kingdom of God that was mentioned and written all over the prophets in fulfillment of the, the covenants that Yahuwah God made in the book of the law, the Torah. Okay, so that's all written, the laws and the prophets. And after the last prophet, you know what happened? Nothing. For 400 years, 400 years, the people of Israel they were waiting for the coming kingdom of God. For 400 years, silence. That's a long time, isn't it? I mean, if you're waiting for 10 years, that's long enough. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. But 400 years waiting for the kingdom of God to come. That was long. And that silence finally Finally, someone broke that silence. This is why it's called the voice of Christ in the wilderness. The voice of Christ in the desert. It's like silence. Wilderness silence. Desert silence. And then all of a sudden, there's one preaching. What's his name? John the Baptist. When he preached that silence was broken, the voice of God again was heard. And what was at hand? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. And what did Yahusha, our king, refer to John the Baptist as? Let's, let's read again Matthew 11. Since the time John the Baptist came until now, the kingdom of heaven has been going forward in strength. And people have been trying to take it by force. All the prophets and the law of Moses told about what would happen until the time John came. Because when John came, he spoke about that it already happened. Not future. It already happened. And 14. And if you believe what they said, you will believe that John is Elijah, whom they said would come. You people who can hear me, listen. And so here's Yahushua. He's saying to the people, the prophets still apply. The laws still apply. And if you believe the prophets, you will also believe John is who? Elijah. Because our king Yahushua was alluding to a prophecy in Malachi. In Malachi 4, 5 to 6, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers. This is called restoration. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And so our king Yahushua, he knows Malachi for sure. The people he was speaking to knows Malachi for sure. And so he's saying, if you believe in the prophets, then you believe John must be Elijah, right? And so that's what our King Yahushua says. He is going to be a fulfillment of this figure mentioned here as the Elijah figure. However, according to our King Yahushua, 
Would he be the last fulfillment of that Elijah figure? Matthew 17, 10 to 13. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Yahushua replied, to be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the son of man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. And so when John the Baptist began to preach and Yahushua our king says he's the John, he is the Elijah mentioned in Malachi who will restore all things. The Bible says this, uh, the, the people will do to him what they wished. They put him to jail and eventually what did they do to him? They killed him. Right, They will do the same thing to the, to the Son of Man. And so Elijah, according to our King Yahushua, will come to restore all things. But they killed John the Baptist, and they killed the Son of Man, instead of accepting him as the Messiah, as the King. And so there's going to be future restoration, because John the Baptist died, and Yahushua went to heaven, and restoration was not yet complete. This is why there's going to be another Elijah uh, figure that will come before the coming great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. Okay, so there's going to be another Elijah, and this Elijah will, co will come right before the day of Yahuwah. We'll talk a little bit about that later on, but what we know is our king uh, Yahusha, when he was here, to usher in the kingdom, because when he was here, the kingdom is at hand. He was preaching the gospel so that people will follow him, believe in him as the Messiah. And Yahushua says, obey the laws of Yahuwah, okay, the commandments. However, uh, when our king Yahushua, in bringing people into his kingdom, what did the people do? What did our king Yahushua do? to make sure that this kingdom would be fully installed. The book of Luke uh, 19, 28, 31. After Yahushua had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. And so Yahusha um, does something to people who are unaware of the prophecies will be considered strange, right? He tells his disciples uh, to go and look for this cult. What is a cult? What is a cult? What is that? Not a beer. What is a cult? Donkey, right? A foal, foal of a donkey. There's a colt, right? A donkey. For some strange reason, our King Yahushua says, go bring, go get the colt. And if someone will ask, why are you untying the colt? Tell them the Lord needs it. Why does Yahushua need it? Why? Let's read Ze uh, Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, 
a colt, the foal of a donkey. So why did our king Yahushua ask for a colt? <laughs> to fulfill what? Prophecy, right? Remember when John the Baptist began to preach, it was just the start of the unfolding of the prophecy concerning the kingdom of God. It has to continue, to continue the prophecies of the prophets, which this, this proves further that the prophecies still apply even after John the Baptist, right? Because our king is fulfilling it now, long after the death of John the Baptist. He's fulfilling it now. What is this prophecy about? It's about him announcing that he is the Mashiach, that he is the king who is coming for salvation. How will he fulfill prophecy? He will ride on a donkey. That's why he says, go get the donkey, right? So when they got the donkey, what did they do? Luke 19, 32, 36. Those who were sent ahead went and found, found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the coal, its owners asked them, why are you untying the coal? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Yahusha, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Yahusha on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. What happened after that? Did were, what did his disciples do? 19, uh, 19, 37, 38. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples okay, began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of Yahuwah. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So the disciples of our King Yahusha, in their understanding of what's taking place, they rejoice. And they quoted a psalm, Psalm 118. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of Yahuwah. And so the disciples, the disciples of Yahusha, they accepted Yahusha as their king. How about Jerusalem? How about the others? What would they do? This is what happened in Luke 19, uh, 39, 44. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Yahusha, teacher, rebuke, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So what our King Yahusha is telling, is telling us today, uh, the Pharisees and the other people who were in Jerusalem, right? They did not understand what was going on. Why? Because they, did not, they were not aware of the prophecy in Zechariah. Or perhaps they were and they did not believe he was the one who was to fulfill that prophecy. And so our King Yahusha says, if you, even you, had only known. Yahusha was saying, if you only have accepted me, Asher Mashiach, then what is about to happen could have been prevented. But instead, because they rejected Yahusha as king, and so the kingdom of Yahuwah God, placing Yahusha as king, right, and have the dominion over the earth, is not going to happen at this time. It's going to come at a later time. Because in 43, it says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to 
you. So because they rejected Yahushua as their king, what would happen to Israel, to, to, to Judah? What would happen to them? Well, they would be overcome and destroyed by their enemies. The temple would be destroyed. And this is exactly what happened according to the prophecy of our king, Yahushua. Does it mean that there's no longer going to be the kingdom of God? The book of Acts 1, 4 down to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so for the kingdom of God to be fully and fully installed and operational on the earth to be fulfilled, right? Uh, Yahuwah is going to place Yahushua as king, to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. That was not fulfilled in the first century. But will it be fulfilled in the future? Yeah. This is why the apostles asked our king Yahushua, is it at this time where the kingdom of Israel will be restored? And Yahushua says, it's not for you to know. Right? Who gets to determine that? Our king? Our uh, creator, Yahuwah. Yahushua says it's the Father who will set that date. And we know that date is going to come soon. Okay, When the physical kingdom of Yahuwah God, his physical kingdom will come. Okay, So that will have to wait until some future time. However, our King Yahushua says, okay, the physical kingdom will come, but this is your priority as you wait for the physical kingdom. What is that? The Bible says you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem. What our King Yahushua is telling us is this. While we wait for the physical kingdom of, our, of God through Yahushua, right? We have to build the spiritual one. How? By being witnesses of Yahuwah and Yahushua with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why we are working in the assembly. The assembly of Yahushua today, that represents the kingdom of Yahuwah God, not the physical kingdom yet. It's still the spiritual kingdom. You see, spiritual restoration precedes physical restoration. Will there be a physical kingdom in Jerusalem? Yes. Will Yahushua sit on his throne in Jerusalem? Yes. Will Yahuwah God rule over all the earth? Yes. That will be fulfilled in the future. Physical restoration will take place. But before that takes place, there must first be what? Spiritual restoration. And this is why the apostles in Acts 3 said that before this restoration will take place, the prophecies and the prophets will need to first be fulfilled. This is why there are still that needs, there's going to be a physical restoration when the seventh angel will sound, the seventh trumpet. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. But before that takes place, there has to be spiritual restoration. And what is the spiritual restoration? 
How will it look like? What's going to happen first? In Malachi 4, 4 to 6, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with a statute and judgment. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. And he will turn the hearts of the, the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And so before the physical restoration in Revelation 11 takes place, there's going to be a spiritual restoration. And what is included in the spiritual restoration? Remembering the law of Moses, which is the law of Yahuwah God given to Moses. What else? It is going to be the work of restoration in the spirit of the work of the prophet Elijah. Elijah and Moses. They are going to have a role when it comes to the restoration prior to the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. This is why we told you after John the Baptist was put to death, the work of restoration was not yet complete. There's going to be another Elijah figure. Not only Elijah, but there's going to be another Moses figure. This is why in Mark 9, 2 to 4, in the transfiguration, uh, before the disciples Peter, James, and John, they saw, talking with Yahusha, Elijah and Moses, right? And what could this mean? In Revelation 11, 7 to 10, it talks about the two witnesses who will be preaching with the power of Elijah and the power of Moses. But what would happen to them? We studied this before. They will be put to death by who? The beast. But what would happen to them? After three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, right? They resurrected, and then they were told to go ascend to heaven. The second woe is past. The third woe is coming quickly. And then what happens? The seventh angel sounds. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. That's when it will be completely fulfilled. The kingdom of God on earth when did it begin the preaching of john the baptist when will it be completely fulfilled when the seventh trumpet sounds and when our king yahusha is the king of kings and lord of lords here on earth during the millennial kingdom that's the physical kingdom right it will come and when it has come this millennial kingdom what will be operational Zechariah 14 then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the king Yahuwah Almighty and to celebrate the feast of tabernacles if any of the people of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king Yahuwah Almighty they will have no rain and so during the millennial kingdom uh, what is operational the feasts including the feast of tabernacles Right, the law of Moses in Isaiah 66, 22, 23. This is again the, the kingdom of God, its physical manifestation. Okay, the physical kingdom of God, as the new heavens and a new earth that I make will endure before me, declares Yahuwah. So will your name and descendants endure from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says Yahuwah. So in the kingdom of God on earth, 
when it is operational fully with our King Yahushua sitting on the throne in Jerusalem, what will also be in effect? The law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, including the Sabbath. And so what does that tell you? Before physical restoration, we need to focus on what? Spiritual restoration. This is why if we want to be included in the work of restoration, we need to follow what Yahuwah God wants us to do. And the one thing we must never do is to say that the law and the prophets are void. Because when you say the laws and the prophets are void, then you're working against restoration. And so Luke 16, 16, 17, when we read it again, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. So the law and the prophets were until John. What does that mean? The prophecies based upon the laws and covenants of who God made with Abraham, Moses. The prophecies will be fulfilled initially when John the Baptist begins to preach. But when John the Baptist began to preach, it wasn't yet fully completed. This is why the kingdom of God must continue to advance. It must continue to be preached. How so? By voiding the law? No. By voiding the prophets? No. By fulfilling the law and fulfilling the prophets. How so? By following the king that has already come, who is Yahusha. And through the king's empowerment through the Holy Spirit, we can follow the commandments and the laws of Yahuwah God. This is why the law is not to become void. You see that in verse 17? The law must not become void. It's unfortunate. There's so many people today who preach uh, to so-called Christians, right? That the law during our time is no longer applicable to the Christians. And I don't know how Yahuwah feels about that. But the Bible reveals to us what, uh, what his people feel about that. Take a look at Psalms 119, 26. It is time for you to act, O Yahuwah, for they have regarded your law as void. Can you imagine that? I don't know how Yahuwah God feels, but prophecy tells us that Yahuwah God is going to act, right? Do you believe that? That he's going to act. He's not going to just allow people to desecrate the law. No, he's going to act. Yahusha himself said, I did not come to destroy or abolish the law. He came to what? Fulfill it. And until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot, one tittle shall pass from the law. Everything is still in effect. And Yahuwah said, the Bible says, Yahuwah will act because there are people who regard your law as void. Do you know who Yahuwah God is expecting to really magnify and make the law honorable again? Who do you think? Let's go ahead and read the book of Isaiah 42.10. Sing to Yahuwah a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, your, you islands and all who live in them, let them give glory to Yahuwah and proclaim his praise in the islands. For a long time, I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held, held myself back. 
But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. Yahuwah is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. You see, Yahuwah God wants those who came from that work of his salvation and regathering that began the islands of the sea during the ends of, ends of the earth. He's expecting us, especially the remnant of that work, to magnify the law and to make it honorable. The Bible says, I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held, held myself back. Brethren, it's time to be vocal about it. It's time to announce it and proclaim it. And this is what we're doing in this program. We are magnifying the law. We are making it honorable again. Because there are those who have made it void, saying it no longer applies. It does apply. And this is what we need to proclaim. Because this is what is pleasing to Yahuwah Allahim. If it's pleasing to him, it is the work that we must be fully engaged in accomplishing. This is our Bible study for today. Let us stand for our concluding prayer. Almighty and loving Abba, yes. Yahuwah, Almighty God, Amen. thank you, loving Allahim, yes. for giving us your words yes. and the understanding of your will. Amen. We know it is your pleasure yes. that your laws, the laws that you have announced during the days of Moses, Yes, that they are to be magnified and made honorable. Yes. Help us, we whom you have called the outcasts of Israel, yes. the remnants of the daughter of Zion. Amen. Help us to fulfill exactly this. Yes. Help us that we may announce boldly, yes. proclaim boldly the laws that come from you. Yes. Thank you for giving us a king. Our loving yes, Mashiach. We know he teaches us to obey your laws. Yes, Help us to be obedient to his voice. Yes. Yahushua, our king. Yes, we know soon you're going to bring the kingdom here on earth. Yes, and you will rule for many, many years. Yes. And we will be with you. And so even now, teach us to obey your voice. Yes, teach us to follow you always. To heed your commands. That we may forever be yours. Yes. To be your instruments now and forever. Amen. Help us to endure until the end. Yes. Increase our faith. That we may remain standing. Yes. No matter what we face in our life. Amen. Father bless your people throughout the world. Yes. If we receive any kind of persecution. Yes. May it inspire us all the more. Yes. To be obedient to you. And to your laws and commandments. Amen. We believe loving Abba. That you have listened. To our prayers, yes. we ask everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.